0: Welcome to Cinema Grimoire. Hope you survive the experience.
1: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> once you pop, you just can't stop. Oh,
2: Jesus Christ.
0: Hey, look, we got a lobby for uh, for sponsors over here for six years in. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Pringles, where are you at? See, when, when I get ready to podcast, I always pop open a nice, cool can of scorching hot I'm Pringles. scorching hot Pringles. <laughs> really gets me ready for the, the jibber-jabber we get up to. Boo. Oh, well, hello, everyone.
1: <laughs> Not sponsored by Pringles. Not yet. Alas.
0: Maybe, maybe we just need to... <laughs>
1: Perform a a ritual of right to get a corporate sponsor. We have to invoke a spirit in order to get a corporate sponsor.
2: <laughs> blood sacrifice. Let's do it. I mean I'm not opposed.
1: Hey, I know we can get some blood real quick. No
0: questions asked.
2: Stolen or voluntarily uh, given? A
0: little can call A, little column B.
2: Eh, works either way. Uh, yeah, this
0: is
1: a. <laughs> the, <laughs> this is a way to open an episode. Yeah,
0: <laughs> hello everyone. This is the second installment of the Aych's premier Gothic Cinema Exploration Series, Cinema Grimoire. Welcome back, everyone, and a big hearty welcome back to my two co-hosts. And who do I have with me today? Hey, it's Ash.
1: And I'm scorching hot, Jojo.
0: We're getting things started with the second movie pit from our. Big, his gothic movie lineup, and I say this is pretty up there in terms of just, like, famous gothic films, and, uh, Ash, what movie are we discussing today?
2: We are talking about The Craft, and I am stoked.
0: Like, easily one of the most, like, famous, like, iconic, like, goth movies, and one I hadn't seen prior to the show, and, like, just one, a movie I always heard about, and I was like, it was so cool to finally sit down and watch it. To get things going, why don't we start and just... Give like our, I guess, star views out of five, Ash, if you would.
2: God. Okay. Out of five, it's, I'm biased. It's either a four or a five. Yeah. Depending on my mood.
1: All right. Oh, I'm sitting at a four. Solid four. This, uh, like I've told both Pat and Ash off mic, if I had found this movie at a certain age, it would have awakened things a lot sooner. But this is a really fun movie. And I remember hearing like, People talk about, oh, it's kind of cheesy or bad or whatever. But I was like, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, for me, like, it's. I
0: haven't quite nailed my score. Like I know it's no less than a three. I think what kind of falls off for me is, just like, I have a different feeling of how how I may wanted the second half to go. But we'll discuss uh, that. But to me, I still really enjoyed the movie. I just loved, like, the vibes. I loved the aesthetic. And I just, like,. Love just the world that they built. So uh, I think this will be a good point to just to, to get into a brief synopsis. If and you haven't seen The Craft before, a new girl comes to town from across the country, and she's in, in a, a Catholic boarding school. And then where she's uh, having a hard time fitting in, and she sort of finds her way into like this these this trio of girls who are definitely like the. The alternative, the, the outcasts, and then the, over the course of the movie, gets ingratiated with the group, but also deeper and deeper into the world of occult and magic with ramifications not too far behind.
2: Mm-hmm. Accurate. That sums it up. Yep. Pretty su- succinct. It's
0: to say it's Ashes, our chief goth correspondent. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that, that's the official uh, name. That yes, I have a title. Declaration on their... Uh, Uh, Sticky note, (laughs) name badge that we won't be printing. (laughs) Um, But when was the first time you saw the crowd?
2: I was 10, I think, like somewhere around there, 10 or 11. Um, It was at a sleepover and it was with a group of my friends and my friend's older sister, who was super witchy (laughs) and like really into it. So it made it a little more exciting because it was very much her vibe. Yeah. And also she was terrifying. She was definitely, like, if there was a Nancy, she is the Nancy. So, yeah, Yeah, it was a really cool experience, and from then on, it's been one of my favorite movies. It's
0: funny, like, I was born in 1990, so, like, there's a lot of, like, 90s culture that, like, I really, like, enjoy, obviously, because that's when I grew up. But kind of the downside is, like, you have to grow up to a certain point to really engage with culture, so there's yeah. a part of me that wishes cuz like I wish I could have been like aware enough to be a part of like some of the like the fun cool stuff like that we look back on from the 90s and like this is and I think this is just a a very clear time capsule. And and to me like not in like a a bad way. A bad way. Just it yeah. feels it feels like a very like natural part of what, you know, I guess like you culture and just like what it was like in the 90s and like I just it's just a really cool vibe and aesthetic.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And for me, too, I think the Catholic school part really worked for me because I went to Lutheran school until I was about that age. I think, yeah, I would have been 10 because that was the first year that I was not in Lutheran school. So, yeah, that's pretty much just how, like, Lutheran and Catholic schools are. Yeah. It's pretty accurate.
0: And plus, obviously, that heightens the contrast between you have, like, you know, the witchy magic part and, like, obviously, the contrast would be like a like a christian setting so yeah. like that just sort of further creates that divide oil and water part of it
2: definitely i definitely remember like middle school because i went back to lutheran school we had girls like that and like especially at that age because they were like 12 13 and on up you'd have these girls who didn't want to be there and like they'd shorten the skirts or they'd you know play with the dress code a little bit we had one girl make a pentagram on her desk and set it on fire Jesus, to try to get expelled so the vibe of the girls of the main trio like it definitely resonates because i i know those girls i went to school with those girls they were a lot of fun
0: and just being in such a, a strict conservative like setting and like obviously like that doesn't vibe with everybody so they're gonna like let's push the boundaries let's try to break out and i think that sort of like teen rebellion spirit is like very. They can probably why one of the reasons why this movie blew up like it did in the nineties. Oh, definitely. And like
1: Joe, uh, uh, this is your first time seeing it, correct? This is my first time too. And I, I honestly, outside of vague pop culture osmosis, haven't re, didn't know much about it. But going in, like there, there is something, especially with. The character of Nancy, I'm like, I I have met many of these girls <laughs> before. Oh yeah, because th- that was one of the big things that hit watching
0: the movie. It's like, wow, this feels a lot like. Obviously, we went to a public high school. Mm-hmm. Joe and I did, though. We were in different grades, but like, especially when like you realize Nancy came from like a very like let's say humble home life, yeah. a little impoverished, and like man, there's just a lot of just like redneck. Wiccan goths that we went to school with. Oh, <laughs> God. And like, it's like, man, this is like throwing me back to literal middle school. Cause I, I mm-hmm. there was a time so crystal in my memory where like everybody and their dog was like, oh, I'm wicked now. Yeah. Like that, th- that yeah. was like yeah. their big rebellion.
2: Yeah. Cause I mean, I went to high school in Alabama. It was a public high school too and smaller, significantly smaller than anything oh. you guys went to. Oh, but. Yeah. We definitely had like the one girl who was like, you know, she'd come in one day and she's just like, I'm a witch. And if you look at me the wrong way, I'll hex you. Yeah. Or like, and it was always the girls who, you know, they were a little poor, a little crazy. Yeah. Usually sweet. But then they'd have that moment where they're just like, I know magic now and I'll end your life. Like, what is this phase (laughs) that you all go
0: through? Yeah. What is this like witch era?
2: What is in the water that you all just wake up one day and you're just like, yep, I'm a witch.
0: I mean, obviously, the, I think that's just the easiest thing to go to, and like, when you just live in like a really Christian part of the world, it's like, well,
1: what what's the opposite of, of Christ? Uh, the devil and the witch. Well, and it's not just that it's Christian; it's like fundamentalist Christian. Yeah. It's like the harshest version of this like religion that you could come
0: across. So, like, there have to be an equally harsh like reaction to it in the opposite direction. If you if consider those to be antipodes of each other.
2: That makes sense.
0: Just with the movie, like, we have, like, the sort of, like, wholesome, you know, everyday plain Jane goes into the school, and she meets, like, you know, all these people. like, hey, I'm you, and it's like, fuck you, bitch, you're weird, because, like, you're normal, and, like, we're cool, so, you know, piss <laughs> off. Pretty much, and then like she, just, like well, by process of elimination, she kind of falls in with the uh, with the alternative crowd, like the only, apparently the only three people in this fucking school with like a modicum of style.
2: Yeah, God, comparatively, everyone else is kind of a nightmare in that weird '90s preppy, gross sort of way.
1: Oh, uh, uh, like Skeet Ulrich looking like a fucking like Abercrombie dude.
2: The haircut. The, the, haircut the haircut is tragic.
1: It is so late 90s. And when Pat said, this movie is a time capsule, bitch, let me tell you, it is a time capsule. Because, like, I was telling them, like, like part of our, like,
0: pre-show, like, banter earlier, just, like, wh- why does he always look like he swapped clothes with Matthew Lillard's character and Scream?
2: It's accurate. has mm-hmm.
0: yeah, like just, like, this really, like, short cut, but also still kind of curly hair. And it's like, it looks so weird. because, like, if you're going to fall for a version of Skeet Orridge in the 90s, it's not going to be the one from the craft.
1: No. No. Although the movie tries to make you think you should. Which I don't get. No. Like, I, like to me, like, in Skeet Orridge's characters also, like, I knew many dudes like that too, where like, like their personality was essentially Fred Durst. Ugh. <laughs> but like preppy Fred Durst. Yeah, yeah man
0: it's just there's a lot i'm just like man this just feels so familiar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also part of me is like because i was kind of reticent to step out of those like established bounds for me just like now as like a grown man man i wish i just kind of played ball with lights and stuff like that back in the day
2: that's fair i was definitely like in early 2000s like the token Alterna kid, which was really fun because there were also a handful of black kids. So yeah. it's like I was pulling multiple positions. <laughs> I, I, I had a lot of jobs to fill. We're a, wore a lot of like hats. like top of the class, but also constantly in trouble and kind of goth. But also maybe emo, but also punk.
0: <laughs> I, I was trying to be but, all things to
2: Listen, I I had a lot of work.
0: Hey, well, we appreciate your extracurricular activities. I did what I could. <laughs> it, it, it's it's like white like when um random reference, but like when when Ed and Eddie they went to school and there's only like eight kids and the kids have to be like. The teachers at the same time. It's like, this cast is too small to be trying to pull all these different <laughs> directions.
2: I mean, my graduating class had less than 50 people in it. So we were, we were all doing a lot of work there. We had to hit those tropes.
0: <laughs> hey, you all got to pull double, triple duty.
2: Yeah.
0: Like- Jock,
1: you also have to be a gamer. <laughs> oh, no. That guy, Ben. Oh, man. He was, he was ahead of his time, let me tell you.
0: He was a cyber
2: gamer. <laughs> but also likes Madden. It's in the game. Oh God! Anything but Madden. Hi, right, I'm Brett Favre. Let's talk just characters in general. Like, who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite? Um, Who'd you relate to?
0: Like, for me personally, I, I know she doesn't get like a lot of time to shine in the movie, but I really like uh, Raquel in the movie. Like, she like to me, she's. I really like her. She's like, she's the most glamorous of the...
2: So, Rochelle is my hero. I love her. Rachel True is freaking gorgeous. Like, even now, she's absolutely stunning. She does not get enough love. The fandom just kind of shits on her character. I don't get it. But, I don't know. Like, she's very much of an era of token black friend where it's like, She's here, she looks good, she's supportive when she needs to be, she does what she needs to do to advance the plot. Is she a person? No, nah, not really. To be honest,
0: her character is pretty flat. And Bonnie's no, not a lot better, not but better either. but
2: Bonnie at least we get a little insight as far as like the burns mm. and like you get the dynamic with her mother. We don't see Rochelle's parents. We see the outside of her house. We see them in her house for a little bit. There's nobody else there. Everybody else has a mom, at least. Rochelle just kind of sprung from the fucking ether and they're just like, token black friend, go. Okay, disengage. And they pull her back and that's it. Like, she, like yeah.
0: Like she goes offline when let
2: the- <laughs> Like they just, yeah, they power her down. Like <laughs> they just, you know, you hit the little switch and it's like, you go, girl. And then you hit the switch again and she's gone.
1: And I will say, like, if if I could fault this movie for anything, and it's not necessarily the movie's fault, it's there's a lot of missed potential with certain things where, or or things like I would just genuinely like to go a different way, and, and like definitely Rochelle's arc, I or just like you said, like just even just meeting her parents. And, and there's, like, the implication she also comes from somewhat of money, right? I mean, that's
2: a nice-ass house. I'm pretty yeah. sure she's comfortable.
1: But also, yeah. like, this is
0: the 90s where everyone lived in just opulent mansions.
2: Well, except for Nancy.
1: Except for Nancy, <laughs> who is in the most comically small, <laughs> like, not even single-wide. No. Just, just like, it's like, like RV. Wide. Like RV. Oh.
2: Well,
1: it's, it's like a truck with a hatchback. It's just like... basically. <laughs> oh, God.
0: And it's like <laughs> it's pretty it's <laughs> uh, pretty funny like how just- ca- like cartoonishly poor this child is.
2: The leaking roof, the drunk parents, the screaming match, the microwave that blows up like nancy Nancy's got it all, and it's all shit
0: yeah, she's like hey, we we're spinning the wheel, and it's just bad luck all around
2: she I love Nancy as a character, like I feel for her mm-hmm. like when you're watching, it's like you get how Nancy ends up where she does you get, or how she could end up yeah, yeah. as she does cuz Nancy of all of them has like an actual struggle yeah comparatively and like not to diminish what Rochelle goes through cuz god knows going to school with racist idiots is hell but comparatively it's like i'm pretty sure Rochelle would be popular if not for like one or two girls who hate her yeah and she kind of like i don't know compared to the others it feels like she chooses to be the outcast just cuz it Works, Yeah. Like, I don't know. She, because like we said, it does seem like she has a fair amount of wealth that, you know, she seems pretty normal other than there's a racist girl who hates her. Yeah. I don't know. She has like the lowest stakes to me. The, I like too. Yeah,
1: that is very true.
0: It's like, with like, I know with, like Bonnie who also like compared to like Sarah Nance didn't have as much development like, she still has, like, you know, this the drama of, like, having, like, this kind of mysterious past where she got burned, and she's, like, she's going through, like, this like, arduous medical treatment. So, like, yeah. she does have, like, that physical, like, hurdle that she's going through. Like, have, like, she can't, she's very self-conscious. Like, you know, she has, like, these, like, very, like, conspicuous, like, wounds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Bonnie I sympathize with. Like, she's another one where you see exactly how her arc went the way it did, because yeah. I would be Absolutely, as obnoxious as Bonnie by the end of that movie.
0: Especially if you're like used to being like covered up and like kind of like the little like shy little lamb with mm-hmm. like your hair all over, and then it's like magic fixes your like your you know your mark of Cain, and then like suddenly <laughs> surprise, bitch, I'm hot. <laughs> yeah. and, and Joe do you have a particular character
1: that you really sort of fancied? Uh, I, I <laughs> fancy. Uh, I, I I I very much sympathized with Nancy and kind of felt she got uh, what I call what I've heard called the uh, Jojo villain treatment where like they are a villain. They deserve to be punished. However, their punishment is so disproportionate <laughs> to what they actually do. It's just like, she is awful. Don't get me wrong. And you want, un- and like Ash was saying, you understand how she gets to that point, but at the same time, it's like, do we really need to see her in a mental institution going crazy? I was like, that I, I felt like a little extreme.
2: I get it, but also she really tried to commit a murder. That, that like is- a whole ass murder. Like this was not, like, like there's no glamour at a certain point. Oh, yeah. She straight up slits her wrist and it's like... I do think seeing it was unnecessary, though. I think the way it's framed at the end is I, not I, as charitable as it needs to be, and that, I think, I, I get the discomfort there.
1: I, I think it's more so like 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 the cinematography, and how, like you say, and how it's framed yeah. more so than, uh-oh. Uh, then, uh, sorry, my mind just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I know it's like a, a really, really simple thing,
0: but I do like how when they sort of create the quartet for themselves, like how eat, how they're sort of, I guess, not maybe not chosen element in like the, the magic ritual, like it reflects their story. And like, right. that might be like a pretty obvious thing, but I still like how there's that, you know, me- metaphorical aspect to that. How like, yeah. you know, Nancy is characterized by air and she's like the most like unpredictable and like, she's very like flighty and like very dramatic. And Sarah's the most like, Grounded, so she represents Earth, and she has, uh, because, like, Earth, it's it's, like the wellspring of life and the mother, and that's why she has that kind of like small story beat with her mom. And, like, Rochelle is the swimmer, so she has water, and Nancy had the burn, so.
2: (laughs) Even that, though, kind of disappoints me. It's like, Rochelle got water because she has a swim team. So. Like, it's not a personality thing. It's just kind of like, (laughs) we saw her in a pool once. This is her personality. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, and plus, like, I remember I done I done like a little looking into like behind the scenes like until Rachel True was cast as Rochelle, like the character um was gonna have a com a very different like story direction like like her like her character's gonna be like very concerned about like her weight and like and like some issues we have with her with her parents mm-hmm. and like then you know, when it's like oh here's you know. They, they, they chose Rachel G because she they really liked her, like, even though she was not white, which they originally wrote her the character yeah. for. But clearly, so, like, oh, wait, uh, we have this great actor. Let's kind of pigeonhole them with just, like, racism story struggle.
2: Yeah. Also, every time I watch that movie, I'm reminded that it's Christine Taylor tormenting her. And I'm like, I remember being a kid, and when they did that whole, like, Brady Bunch revival sort of thing, I'm like, why do I want to punch Marsha Brady in the face? and then i realized that was why <laughs> i mean she plays the role very well but god is she punchable
1: and then she uses the most like baffling racial slur <laughs> that just had me fucked up for like 5 minutes it's like this is a pg13 movie
0: so we can we have to dance around but still you use like a, a racially insensitive term
2: yeah Yeah, and yet 90s racism was just also kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah, I've had some great experiences. But um, yeah, (laughs) Laura Lizzie was a a choice. And I mean, I'm glad she gets what's coming to her. It almost upsets me that... You end up feeling bad for her in a way because that gets horrific when her hair like really starts going.
0: It's like these like weird like pus and like scars. Yeah,
2: it's like on the one hand she's a raging bitch. On the other hand, ew, that's just ew.
0: It's like she's like full on like it's like Cronenberg like head cap. Yeah, and I I feel like that that was one part of the of the drama that I did think was interesting is like how. They came into this power like they're they're, you know, they're obviously they're going to relish him because like these are sort of in a lot of ways they're the outcasts. They don't have the power some less than others. So like playing with that and then seeing like what happens when you sort of white like, mess with forces. There's going to be like retribution for that. So even when like the villainous kids are kind of like oh wait no, kind of shitty what happens. Like Chris is is a to get old, audience character. Like he's like a, just an adult idiot. Kind of creepy, but then like, what happens to him? Is still like that seems really crazy because he he gets essentially like sexually assaulted by fraud, and then he falls out of a window. Yeah, and a lot of his behavior that he acts towards Sarah is like because she put a spell on him, so it just accentuates his behavior to like a zenith.
2: Absolutely, he yeah. I mean. And I, I get that for the story, it's meant to be that turning point. Like it's meant to be too extreme. Yeah. But yeah, you feel kind of bad for him because it's like this is not a, like he was a typical shitty teenage boy. Like he wasn't. He wasn't. It,
1: it didn't he wasn't seem, a villain. Yeah. And, and like, I like a lot of characters suffer from that. It's like they're they're shitty people, but it's just like the way it's framed. Like, and Skeet Orridge's character in particular, like that is like. A nightmare concept, yeah. Where like literally your will is taken away. He knows
0: that something's changing about him, but he doesn't know why and from what reason. Just like suddenly, I'm just really into Sarah, and then like I become like this ghoul, like literally hanging yeah. outside of a window.
2: Yeah, his arc. I don't know, and it's weird because they kind of toe the line between playing it almost comedic up to a certain point, and even the parts that are supposed to be funny. Made me wildly uncomfortable, like even yeah. as a kid, because I'm like, this guy has no idea what he's doing, why he's doing it, and he's just kind of being pulled along. And I, I know it's supposed to be like, oh, the jerk got his, you know, comeuppance, but it just feels gross from the beginning.
0: Yeah, like there, there's a way for like a jerk to get like a, you know, like we say said, a proportionate like punishment. Like you know, he gets like embarrassed and like, oh no, I'm sorry, I've learned my lesson, or he just kind of get, he just. Scampers off with his tail between his legs. Like, dying's a bit much. <laughs> a
1: little. Falling out a window and breaking. Yeah. It was, and it was kind of brutal, too, like the way that scene was shot.
2: That scene is intense. That is, however, my favorite part of the movie. Just because Nancy's terrifying. Yeah. In like the best way possible. And she's so good at it.
1: Mm hmm. And, and it's. It's one of those things like you, you understand where like every character is coming from and how like everything has culminated up to that point.
0: Oh yeah, it's like wh- why their behavior escalates with like their increase in powers. Fair. I I, I love the line that Rachel True had on the on DVD commentaries. Like, you ever noticed like the more the, the more powerful we got, the shorter our skirts got.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yep, that's the thing that definitely happened. Yep. That being said, once we hit that turning point, I know you were not as thrilled with the ending. Yeah, why?
0: Well, I know at least for me, like I was because we had like all this of like, hey, it's gals hanging out, doing spooky shit, doing magic. Like I, I really loved that camaraderie, mm-hmm. and I feel like to me they they could have had a point where they had a disagreement, they kind of had like a falling apart, but then they could have rallied together to remedy that because like if the whole point was them like finding each other and finding solace and strength and like they can do that and sort of like realize where they messed up and fix that and so but having a bit or they still could have had the part where Nancy kind of like felt like she got too big for her britches so to speak and like I was like oh I'm the envoy of this demon snake what up hoes <laughs> but and, and so like hey hey bitch you're getting crazy let's try to bring you down to earth they could have like done that and not feel like hey it's everybody against Sarah now
1: and like she brings the other two along that's fair and, and and then mm-hmm. like I wasn't uh, the biggest fan of like how Bonnie and Michelle like come up and they're like hey so
2: you got any of that magic <laughs> Just looking for a magic fix. It's like,
0: It's like, yeah, sorry we killed you. uh, Tried to kill you. Um, uh, Hey, you got some extra spells laying around. You want to, like, you know,
1: cast some spells for old time's sake? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, back in the old days? You know, like a (laughs) week ago? ago. When we convinced you that we killed your parents?
2: Yeah. (laughs) And then we were going to kill you, like, for real, for real? Okay, so my perspective, I guess, is a little bit different about pretty much everything from that party on, that just kind of felt like middle school and high school. Like, honestly, you wake up one morning and you are public enemy number one. That shit just happens. Teenage girls are fucking crazy. I don't get it. I don't know why it happened. So for me, like even watching it the first time, like when I was 10, it was kind of on the cusp of like middle school for me. Yeah. Because I skipped a grade. So I was younger than my classmates and I got a kind of got to watch all of this firsthand, like as my classmates went crazy because hormones are the devil. And um, yeah, girls will just turn on each other for no reason. And then like a week later, like the girl who, you know, literally tried to set your backpack on fire is like, hey, so we're having movie night tonight. Right. And you're just stuck with this weird dissonance where it's like we were enemies for like a month. And now you want us to be chill. Yeah. So that ending, even like Bonnie and Rochelle walking up, I'm like, yeah, that that's teenage girls. It's weird.
0: I mean, I mean, I, I could definitely see that perspective because like, I mean, Lord knows I was in high school, I mean, like a little gay man. Like I had a lot of like girlfriends. So like I, I, I you saying that's like, yeah, there's like a lot of times where it's like, hey, we're just a cool clique of girls and a gay kid. And uh, then, like, suddenly, like, one is like, hey, you're a bitch now. Fuck off. And so, like, I do get that how these are just, like, tiny, like, amorphous people who are s- slowly re- building themselves up. And then, like, they just have, like, a spontaneous, like, falling apart. Like, you know, yeah. these are just these are just imperfect people. And, like, high school friendships kind of implode. Yeah. That's sort of part of the nature in a way. But but I do know some of the criticisms of the movie have been they, they it's like why can't we have a movie where girls don't bite each other like that's fair like 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 girls all there and you know, I'm sure there are movies out there like that I
2: don't know for me it was almost refreshing to not have the tidy ending just because so often you don't get that resolution like yeah. As a teenage girl, it's like, no, you're never going to know why they woke up on Tuesday and decided you were a piece of crap on Wednesday. It just kind of happens instead of these very tidy, like, you know, like the babysitter's club and like, all, like all the cutesy things that were aimed for girls at that age. We're yeah. kind of like, you know, we're friends, we're friends forever. We have a disagreement. And then we bounce back. And it's like, sometimes you don't bounce back. And, and it's kind of cool to have that, just have that one movie and for it to be so well done. Yeah. Like, for me, it was kind of a relief in a way because it's like, can you really bounce back from something like that?
0: I mean, that would be like. Yeah, that's that, true. that'd be a pretty big, like, appeal to swallow for, like, for Sarah. Like, to just be like, hey, water under the bridge, gals, let's go.
2: Yeah, I do know. I was looking at some of the details for the not remake. I guess it's technically a sequel.
0: Yeah, the Craft the Legacy that came out 2020.
2: 2020. Yeah. And. It's weird cuz it hits all the beats of the original. It's pretty much a remake yeah. until the very end. But they actually do from from what I understand kind of go more of the friendship route. Yeah. Where there's more like camaraderie between the girls, there's more of like a tidy resolution and then there's a plot twist. But <laughs> it does it kind of I don't know. I feel like you might like it more than I would like it just cuz it does come back around. Yeah in a way that sounds pretty well done.
0: Okay. Cuz like I obviously this it the craft legacy being like a legacy sequel like 20 years after the first doesn't have like a lot of like good faith and like just its quality. And plus I'm I'm just really leery of a lot of shows these days when like obviously I want shows with like queer stuff and like you no know, girl stuff, but also like and it not feel, like, so fake, and just, like, this is just Tandery. for, like... Yeah, like, yeah. corporate and, like, for bounty points. And I yeah. know, like, even the most cynically corporately made stuff for a certain demographic can still be important and fun. And that's well and good for the people who like it. But, like, for people like us who are, like, older and consumed a lot of media, we can tell when someone's just, like... Someone's making this for, like, the buck and for, like, you know, the... Oh, the, the, the pat's on the back.
1: Well, and sometimes, yeah. like, you... <sighs> I, this is sort of a struggle I have, you know, being trans is like you look at like a typical like the quote trans experience or whatever, and it may not or or not even like necessarily experience, but like sort of like various media representations, and it'd be like I I see the importance of this, but this doesn't necessarily reflect my reality for whatever reason.
0: And and I I do know that's a a thing that we as queer people can struggle with sometimes, like if it's not like a one to one mirror of arc lived experience and therefore mm-hmm. it's like hateful and wrong but like there there has to be like a some concession because like yeah well it, and
1: also too life is just a lot messier than yeah. you know just like tidy narrative arcs too right so i feel like there, there's a there's a
0: place in the world for like for like fun stuff where you know they have like have a neat resolution without being like saccharine but also like they kind of show, like, hey, people are really messy, and sometimes things don't end well. And there's room enough for both of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: For the last part of the show, just, like, what are just some some general things that you, like, just really loved about, place? Like, certain scenes, certain, like, aesthetics, looks, it's sort of, like, kind of like this is the potpourri version. Like, just favorite general portions of the movie.
2: Um... Even though it's the corniest part of the movie, I love the stupid, we are the weirdos mister line. (laughs) Like, that is one of my favorite things, just because you see it coming from a mile away and it's still like, yeah, yeah, we said that. I love it. I also love how insane Nancy looks when she says it. I just love pretty much any Nancy scene. My favorite line in the entire movie, though, is Rochelle's, and I told her, honey, you're white. (laughs) Like... that is by far one of the i'm i'm definitely that black friend where it's like if i can make a white person joke i'm going to do it you're going to enjoy it whether you like it or not you're you're going to come around so got to keep you all on
0: your toes cuz cuz they're talking about Nancy being like white trash
2: yeah she's well her whole thing is you know she's like why isn't her spell working and she's like i think she just doesn't want to be white trash anymore and i told her honey get over it you're white <laughs> that's
0: a great bit
2: it's amazing. She honestly, and this is such a weird comparison. For some reason, she reminds me of, like, Gabrielle Union's character in 10 Things I Hate About You. But with brain cells.
0: Okay. Hmm.
2: There's, like, that sass in the same way that makes me really happy.
0: And I feel like, I feel like this is, like, a, a genuine sass that comes from the actress. Yeah. Not just, like, this is my sassy black woman character. Exactly.
2: It's charming as opposed to, like... Again, pandering. Yeah. Like, we definitely didn't write, like, you know, a finger wave and a hand snap in there. Like, this is just kind of, it's a delivery. It's very wry. It's very self-aware. And I don't know, just that line alone made Rochelle my favorite.
0: I mean, there's. I feel like there's a a lot of just, like, natural, like, emanation of character from, like, these actresses. Like, I feel like... You know, until, like, they have that turn, there's, like some, like, some genuine camaraderie. Like, I love when they go out into the field, they have, like, their, their secret little, like, um, ritual. Yeah. And uh, the bit where they're running away from the snake homeless, man. It's just like, hey, let's stop out in the in the grass and, like, sit on these old car tires and, like, drink, like, hooch.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. high school. Sounds about right.
0: I mean, th- there's a part of me It's like, damn, I wish I was... Like, I had, like, an alternate reality where, like, I was of a certain age and just got to do, like, hood rat shit in the 90s.
2: (laughs) I mean, I got pretty close. Like, I was on the cusp because I was in high school from 2004. So, let's be real. The 90s, especially in the middle of nowhere in Alabama, were still alive and well.
0: Not that far behind. Just, like, basically the whole, like, free-range, like, kid-teenager that's like as, as a, it's a very romantic notion.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, in retrospect, we definitely had very few restrictions. Yeah. We probably should have had more restrictions, but yeah, we were we were not too far off from that kind of late '90s upbringing. So we had good times.
1: Joe, any, like, standout moments for you from the movie? Oh, uh, for me, like, usually I'm not a big fan of, like, the late 90s, early 2000s feel or just, like, the look of the movies, but, like, I don't know, for, like, lately I've been kind of feeling nostalgic for that, and this really hit that, uh, hit that nail for me, but, like, any, like, specific scenes, because I'm a dramatic bitch, I love, like, when they're on the beach doing the ritual and Nancy has the fucking dagger because of course she has a fucking dagger and then she starts walking on water and shit. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like really Epic. And something I've mentioned to Ash while we were watching it was, you know, I've been to some like local, like pagan stuff. I'm not a spiritual person, but like have a lot of friends or used to have friends who were very much into that. And that, like that scene in particular, I was, like, Oh, I recognize that. Like, and i think the biggest thing i like about this movie was there was so much of it it was like oh this rings true in a lot of way in a in a way that a lot of movies especially for teenagers don't cuz like that that was sort of the problem i've always had with a lot of t- quote like the typical teen movies is it feels very corporate saccharine, you know all the adjectives that we've been spewing over the course of it. and this felt this feels like in some, some level true, like, someone's truth. And it's like, yes. I, I do know there was, like, a
0: magic advisor they had on mm-hmm. set to, like, make sure that everything, like, looked apart and, like, mm-hmm. they're, like, doing it correctly. Because, like, I think until, like, a, a certain point, like, it was, like, a very true, true to life depiction of, like, Wiccan and magic rituals. Of course, you know, if you're just going, if you're going to be completely faithful to what magic and rituals are, it's, it's not going to be that interesting of in a movie. So you have yeah. to you have to zhuzh it up for the story, but like they they were like you know very respectful and like very like you know conscious of like how they did it you know to make mm-hmm. it as authentic as possible.
2: I know they did like as far as the god they did choose to summon, they had to make up Minot because they were very nervous about accidentally calling something because they they did try to stick as close to actual practice as they could that they're like maybe let's not pick an actual deity let's let's make something entirely fictional up so at least when we get to the end of this ritual we don't do anything creepy or weird yeah just to yeah. just
0: to be in this safe. like I do know that there was like some sort of like you so know, depending on how you look at, it, it's like either like some backlash or like some very spooky coincidences, depending on you know how you believe that such thing. Like, mm-hmm. there was like a, right after the ritual, there's like a big like kind of like surge of weather that kind of like washed away the set, and then like a there's like a transformer or something that exploded like yeah. nearby. So it's like there's like a like, whoa okay maybe like we got a little too close for comfort there, depending on who you who you talk to. So that that part's cool, and like I don't know, there's just a I don't know, just easy to say, just just the vibes, man. Just, like, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's just, to me, just, it's just a lot. that's just, like,
1: I just kind of want to just, like, soak it in. Mm-hmm. Like, like like I said, like, the biggest flaw of the movie, I feel like is just there's a lot of missed potential. And, like, if this had come out, say, now, like, this would be a miniseries on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And, and, and part of me does kind of wish there was, like, we got to stew in it a little more.
2: It's not that long of a movie and I think honestly it's one of the few times I can say like I wish it had a longer runtime. Yeah. Even like 15, 20 minutes just to kind of flesh things out mm-hmm. just a little bit more y- would have exactly. done wonders.
0: I did have a bit that we, we, we discussed this off air before the show. Each of the gals they have like their elemental representative. I thought like it'd be a good bit to talk about like what elemental we thought the three of us had. I think we decided that Ash would be fire. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe, we decided you'd be earth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I would be water. Yeah. So now, now we just
1: need a fourth for air or aether.
0: Yeah. So well, we we do have a guess is that's wanting to come on. That we'll make them our honorary air. or airs are rotating. The rotating fourth chair.
2: That works. Oh, that's true.
0: So yeah, if, if you want to join the uh, the the grim circle, give us a call, <laughs> uh, tweet us, like us, you know, leave a comment wherever comments are found. Hey, let us know. I'll we'll be happy to talk to more spooky movie lovers out there. All right, so I think just the winding down. I think this has been a great discussion. Like, even though we may not hit the movie as quite as closely, but I feel like just a, a jumping off point for some really good conversation, though. Mm. Any yeah. last thoughts before we uh we head out into the night?
2: Um my last thought is I've heard that there might be the Craft 3. Oh and, shit. And um if that comes out, it's supposed to be like 2023.
0: That wow, really soon.
2: Yeah, if true. If true. And if true, we're going to have to make a pilgrimage, which means we're going to have to watch the last one, y'all. Like <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. We're going to do I'm, it.
0: I'm so weary of that.
2: Oh, that. it's probably going to suck, but we have to go see three in theaters. That that's that
0: true. is true. I mean, hey, like it until we watched *Embarrassing uh, Way to Master Talent* for Cajun Greatness*. Like, you know, we we always like watched our movies in houses. Like to be mm-hmm. able to like take the the show on the road, so to speak, to the movie theater and then come back and report live. That's a nice fun experience. Like, as yeah, m- maybe uh, if not for a potential craft three or whatever like spooky movies on the horizon and feel like hey we gotta talk about this now i don't believe we have that third movie picked just yet but we, we have some potential picks for that third one so stay tuned keep an eye out and we have another gothic classic <laughs> for you to enjoy whether that's with a uh, a capital c or with
2: quotations many air quotes and all the
0: air quotes. added many i like the, the <laughs> classics all right, well, I would say thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening. Wherever podcasts are found, you can find us. We're on the Apple Podcast, We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, ayc Extra. That is our home base for this brand-new spinoff. Wherever you can, please give us five stars. Please give us a like. Please subscribe to us. It really helps us out. This is a a new wing on the AYC8 Podcast Network, and we would really appreciate it if you, you know, really come out here give us some love and just help you know build up this portion of the wing we can just so we can make even more content for y'all cuz trust me we have a lot to say and we would like if y'all got to hear it so it really uh it really mean a lot to us if you're able to do that and uh you can follow me Patrick on Twitter Instagram and letter John lost his name
2: okay it's Ash you can find me on Twitter at Blurred Girl Blue. And Facebook and Instagram at Glam and Ghoulish, where I sell spooky jewelry.
1: And my name is Joe. You can follow me on Twitter at joniiby 24 and
0: John Owens on 12 on Letterboxd. All right. Thanks so much. You have a good night and we'll be talking to you very soon.